is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. These summer Sundays, um, with the hot weather coming down, sort of reminiscent of holidays and desert islands and oh imagine though that it didn't all go right on your way to the desert island and you were shipwrecked on the way and you'd been you'd been maybe because you'd been reading your bible too much in the sailing boat you'd you'd hit some rocks or something i i I don't know and you, you started to sink and you could grab a couple of pages from your bible I wonder what they would be. And we're, we're, over the summer, we're looking at these desert island delights. Like if you, if you could take just a couple of pages, maybe pages that, that mean so much to you. Actually, maybe the ones that mean so much to you, you already know pretty well. You might not need to actually have a reminder of them. I, I, I don't know. But I wonder what it would be. And we're going to be hearing from different people in the church about different parts of the Bible um, to to find out what actually what was what was what was God saying to them in that bit. Uh, And you so we'll hear about different parts of people's lives and different parts of the Bible. I'm just I'm really excited to to hear kind of stories from all over the congregation and all over God's word. Um, and so today, um, Jonathan and Sandra are going to be sharing um, the word of the Lord with us. I'm so looking forward to this. Um, and I, I just want to, b- before they come up, I'd love to just share a little story with you. Okay, so, so we're probably going back probably like 23, maybe 24 years ago. And I, I'm, I've recently become a Christian. And um, I was I was at, I was studying at university, and I was invited to the Christian Union house party. Now, I, you might be thinking that sounds like a lot of fun. You might be thinking, oh, I'm not sure that sounds like a lot of fun at all. Um, but um, but it was actually it was a re- it was a great time. Um, um, and, and like weirdly, like a bunch of 19, 20 year olds. It must have been like 60 or 70 of us there. And it was, it was just students cooking for each other, right? Like, I, that's, that's it. that seems mad that actually we would just organize ourselves together in that way. But it happened. Um, the Lord is miraculous. And um, on this one particular, um, uh, this one particular uh, weekend away, it was a very, very special time. I think it was probably around the sort, I think it was around the same sort of time that, Mrs. Hardman was starting to fall for my charms as well. That had nothing to do with my hair, apparently, which was in a full set of braids at the time. Um, I know that's even harder to believe. Um, uh, but there was, there was a, a guy who was speaking at this, uh, at this weekend away. He was taking us through the Bible. And his name was Fauzi, cheeky guy. He's a smuggler, right? Basically, he broke the law for a living. 
broke the law for a living by smuggling Bibles into countries where they're not down with Bibles. Um, and, and so he would turn up at the border and he would have um, Bibles at the bottom of it. He basically told us his craft. I wonder if he was like hoping that we would maybe carry on the, carry on the work. Um, and actually, he needed someone to carry on the work because this, um, this man passed away doing what, he, doing what the Lord had called him to in Mauritania just um, a, a year or two after. Um, and he would put Bibles in, in the bottom of his suitcase and then he put some clothes down and then the top of it, He'd have loads of packets of cigarettes and um, and basically stuff uh, and and some money that the that the border guards would just take. So like they would check his suitcase and like oh oh we'll take we'll take take those uh, cigarettes and like and then they wouldn't look under the rest of uh, in the rest of his suitcase. That was kind of the unwritten rule. And so he would be sharing. He he would have Bibles and sometimes he would just have pages of Bibles to be able to give people. If, if some of the Bibles got taken away, you know, he might just have to like give a few pages out to, um, to, to various people in, in, in communities. Really special work that this man was doing, sharing the word of God. Can you imagine living like, like this, where we, you, know, you can just open up your phone now and get all of the words of the Lord in whatever different version you want, in whatever different language you want. Okay, it is still the case now that there are many people that don't have access to the to the Word of God. Actually, just being able to to read like one or two pages is gold. It's absolute life for them. Um, I remember he asked me um, a question. Well, what's your favorite part of the Bible? Because I was like, I was like, this sounds amazing. Like, and he was kind of going, well, you know. What, what page would you have? And a bit of a young Christian, quite, in, quite keen to impress the now Mrs. Hardman, as it were. Uh, and I, I, remember, I remember saying, because I didn't want to just like go with like what everyone else was saying. Yeah, I didn't want to just go with, oh yeah, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Like, that's an amazing scripture. Why didn't I say that? Like that, that was my story. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That's amazing. But I kind of wanted to look a little bit deeper than that. So I said, Jeremiah. The book, he said, what part? All of it. (laughs) Now, I had read some of Jeremiah, but not all of it. (laughs) And then he said, oh, that's interesting. Why? (laughs) Now, there's some really, (laughs) I'm just going to share with you a couple of tiny bits about what had caught my attention, but probably hadn't really taken root in the book of Jeremiah in my heart. And by his goodness, it was, it was almost like God was making it prophetic. I think, I think Fauzi ended up praying for me <laughs> that I would actually end up loving the book of Jeremiah. Um, and, and so at the beginning of uh, the book of Jeremiah, in chapter, in chapter one, there's this just an amazing account um, I'm, I'm actually using, I'm using the Bible that I got when I was a Christian. 
right now, um, which is just the Bible that I still use. That's why it's like falling to pieces still, because it was a long time ago, um, and I love it. And um, and in in Jeremiah chapter one, um, it's got this amazing account of how this man of God, um, while he's still young, starts to hear from God. Okay, and and so um, and God says to him. Um, well, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah, uh, then the Lord starts going, now, can you hear me? Right, let me just check. That, let, let's, do it, let's do a quality check. Can you hear what I'm saying to you? And, and he, says, uh, he says this, um, what do you see, Jeremiah? Well, I see a branch of an almond tree. He replied, and the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching. Okay, now check this out, that the Hebrew word for almond tree, um, well, they, or, and the Hebrew word for watching, they sound really similar. Okay, so, so the Lord was teaching him to go, look, I'm showing you an almond tree, but right here I mean that I am watching. Okay, this is how I'm going to talk to you. And basically, you're going to need to know how I talk so that you can talk to others. And this is really important for us. We need to know how the Lord speaks. And his word has been revealed to us in his Bible. So, so you need to know if, you know, if, if I'm up here talking nonsense or if, or if um, you see something on, on the internet or on the telly, someone's talking about Jesus and it's just nonsense. You want to you know that, that what the Lord is saying in the Bible so that you can be able to go, well, actually, this person might need a bit of direct. I don't think that, that doesn't ring true to me on that. I'm not sure I want to go where that person's going with that scripture because that doesn't seem like what the Bible is saying. It's important that we know this stuff in our hearts. And later on in, in Jeremiah, I turn to Jeremiah chapter 33, uh, sorry, 31, verse 33. Because I was thinking, well, if I was going to be trying to salvage a scripture, a page, um, this one, maybe, Leviticus, no, uh, this is just, it's literally just like, you can see it's just falling out. But I was going, what, what would it be? Because actually, I've, in my home, if it was a fire in my home, I was going, what, what am I going to try and grab? I've got, I've got Bibles of all different kinds, Bibles of all different languages, different translations, Bibles that, that my, uh, I've got a Bible that my grandfather, sorry, my great-grandfather had in prison, when, when, he was, when he said, I'm not going to go and fight. And, and he had a Bible to, to, given to him uh, to, to take to prison. Um, I, I've got that. That's nearly falling apart. I've got my, I've got my granddad's Bible with meticulous, who did go to war. And, he, and his, uh, he met his wife in the war. And he, he's got meticulous notes all throughout his, uh, all throughout his Bible, uh, which is just, wow. This is how the Lord was speaking to him. But do you know what? I'd leave all of those. Because the point is that if, if all of that stuff just stays on your shelf and it doesn't make it into your heart, then it's a little bit like this. Jeremiah 31 verse 33 says this. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. Israel. 
After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. And if all the Bible is good for, is staying on our shelf and not making it into our hearts, there's got to be something, there's got to be a way that it gets from the shelf into our hearts. When I, when I was a student, sometimes I would just hope that if I just fell asleep on my books, they would like go into my mind like this, like by some kind of like book osmosis in, into my brain. The Bible says, Psalm 37, delight in the Lord. We've got, it, it's, it's for us to take delight in him. It's, it's up to us to go, we want to ta- take joy and delight in this. And that's what we're going to do this morning, is, is we're, we're going we're gonna to hear um, about the delight of the Lord. We're going to hear about um, just taking time to go, I'm, I'm opening his word and, oh, wow, this delights me. So Jonathan um, and Sandra are, are coming up. I think Jonathan's going to speak first. I, I love this, that, uh, that Jonathan's speaking um, in this first week that we're doing it, because I remember a few, we- few mo- weeks, months ago now, we were, we were just up here before a Sunday service and just, just chatting this conversation through. What, what scriptures would you, would you try and grab with you? And you knew straight away. Jonathan, so I'm, I'm so I'm so looking forward to, to hearing what you are going to share. So can we welcome them to come and share the word of the Lord? Okay. Good morning. Yeah, Tim Stuck, he's phoned me a couple of times and said, how long are you going to preach for? I'm not like Tim, fortunately. <laughs> um that may be a good or a bad thing. I, I was tempted when we were talking about it, a verse that, or a bit that's going through my mind at the moment that's I think is really good in Job chapter 39 about ostriches. So my, our small group will know that. If you get bored with us this morning, just look up Job 39 and read about <laughs> ostriches because there's so much fantastic stuff in the Bible. Anyway, yeah, as Tim was saying, we were chatting after church about, and it, it kind of this idea about, Desert Island Discs is your eight favorite records. Well, why not have the same for scriptures? And that's not saying that any bits of the Bible are better than others, because it's it's not. It's all good, and it needs to be, you know, we need to know it in its entirety, because it, all the bits tell you different things about God and help you live your life, help you the relationship with him. So it, we're not saying that these are the top ones and the others are, are sort of lesser scriptures. It, it's more about us. So if you pick eight scriptures, it's more about you and your relationship with God and your history, the things you remember. Um, so when we were talking about it, it took me no time at all to know exactly which scripture would be my top of the list from memories and things. So so that's why we've got to that. And it, it's not Job 39, actually. You'll, you'll be pleased to know, and it's not about ostriches. Anyway... Um, so mine is from Romans, and a little bit of background as to why it's mine. So I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, um, and I knew, you know, apart from carol services at school, which were pretty good, I liked playing in those, I liked singing, um, I had no Christian background, right? So at the age of oh, 19, probably, I've never been to a church service, um, 
but I did have questions about, you know, it, it, as a scientist, it's obvious that science doesn't answer the big questions, why? Right? It, you can, you know, I love it. It's my job. It goes into all the details about what's going on. And, but it doesn't actually tell you why it's going on. You know, it doesn't tell you why you like it, things are like. So I was questioning, what is the world all about, really? Is there a God? Uh, if there is, what's he like? Why did he make the world, the universe, and everything? And through these questions, I sort of uh, read quite a lot. And that's when I first started reading the Bible. And through various stages of uh, talking to people, I got to the point and I committed my life to Jesus, became a Christian. This is not a talk about that. Um, but that night, when I basically prayed, Jesus, if you're there, I want to know you and I want you in my life, I prayed. The first thing I want to know is it's the same in the morning as it is now. And I got up in the morning and I started reading the Bible again, reading from Romans, and this is what I read. So you can understand why it's my favorite. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the uh, ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly do it. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that's Romans 5. And that stuck with me because there I was, a new Christian in the morning, praying that God would reveal himself to me. And yes, he answered. And the great thing was, it, in my coming to become a Christian, it was about, I knew I knew I had, you know, in the, I knew I wasn't good. I knew I couldn't live up to standards. I knew I couldn't live up to, you know, the, the rules and regulations in life and in the Bible. But this verse is telling that the solution and the answer was Jesus Christ, and he was there. But then it revealed more to me that morning when I sort of first read that, because it's remarkable that Jesus has done everything. His grace is everything we need for the things we do wrong to change us. But the more remarkable thing is that God himself who made everything wants to have a relationship with us. He wants a life with us. He, you know, so the, the remarkable thing for me at the time was my sin was forgiven. The hugely even more remarkable thing from that is that he wanted to reconcile himself to me or me to him. That from that day forward, it wasn't about getting things right or wrong. There's forgiveness for that. It's about changing, but it's about a life lived with him. So I'll read the next bit as well. Since we've been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, uh, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through this life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So that was just 
completely unexpected for me that the God who created everything, the God of heaven and earth, the universe, would want a relationship with me to be reconciled to me. So that's why that's my favorite verse, because it was there in the morning. I'd prayed. The first answer to prayer was this, that yes, God wanted a relationship with me. And that's been my life since then. Hello. Seven years ago, almost to the day, we moved to Derby. It was... When school finished on the Wednesday, we moved on the Thursday. Almost exactly seven years. So just before that, Jubilee Teesside was praying for us, praying for us moving. And you know the scene, if, you, if you're familiar with church... You know what happens. People gathered around. There was lots of prayers, lots of really encouraging words about we're going to be in a boat, we're going to be on a new adventure, it's time to move out of the safe harbor, go on this adventure with God. It was great. Then this lady prayed for us, and she's lovely, but best described as eccentric, which is possibly the, ke- the pot calling the kettle black, but never mind. And she prayed, you're going to be in the boat, and God's going to be with you. And God's taking you on an adventure on the open water. And God's going to be with you. And then she prayed, and when the boat capsizes, God will be with you. And yet that was more or less our reaction. I was standing there going, when the boat capsizes, thank you very much. No, I don't want that. But actually, do you know what? That's become now a family phrase. Our Lizzie particularly likes to quote it back to us. When the boat capsizes, mum, God will be with you. God never promises us an easy life or a life with no issues or problems. Too easily we can attribute when everything falls into place and everything happens quickly. That means God's with us. That's confirmation that we're here and God, we're moving on with God. But what about when it doesn't happen and when things go wrong? or we have troubles that don't get resolved quickly. I think too often we give testimony when everything's perfect and we get excited. But what about when that life's not like that? And I don't know about you, but my life is often not like that. And too often we give testimony when the problems are resolved and God's broken through. But actually God's with us all the time. We've moved house several times, and I often tell of the time, actually, when we moved to Derby, when everything fell into place really quickly. We sold instantly. Jonathan got a new job the day after his previous job finished. It was perfect. Marvelous testimony. I don't tell the story of the move before that, when we had the house up on the market for a year. We had two people view it. One after we prayed, after six months, send somebody. And the second time when they bought the house... And it took us 12 months to sell the house. But when I look back, I can see that God's timing was perfect. Who knew? And that everything was according to God. And actually, that's just as big a testimony as the one where everything goes really well. But we in our fickle minds don't remember that often. So we face the same issues as others, some due to external circumstances, some of our own making. God does not wrap us up in cotton wool. 
But he does give us hope, reassurance, and comfort when our boat capsizes. And our testimony from those times may be less exciting, but speaks of our faithful, loving God. So my go-to passage from the Bible is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forever. Anyone who knows me knows that I am an outdoor girl. Being outside, surrounded by nature, it feeds my soul and always does me good. I grew up in a walking family in Scotland. We had many holidays, Monroe bagging, which just means climbing big hills. There is something about nature, and especially being amongst the hills, and especially in Scotland where the hills are bigger and the landscape is bigger, that just always diverts my mind back to God and to thanking God. It always reminds me that just how big God is, how amazing God is, and how small I am. And yet he loves me. So this psalm is one of a group of psalms known as Songs of Ascent. Three times a year, the Hebrews went up to Jerusalem for their great worship festivals. Jerusalem was the highest city in Palestine, so all who traveled there spent much of their time walking uphill. The Hebrews would sing this psalm and others to encourage them on that walk and on that journey. Now, Jerusalem was at the top of the hill. But the funny thing when you climb a hill is that you can't see the top. All you can see is the slope going up until you get there. Often we can only see what is in front of us. We have to actively look up and choose to focus on God when we're faced with things. The psalm starts, I lift up my eyes to the hills. You, they're choosing to look up. However, you can, when walking, see the skyline and other hills, especially as you get higher, and especially if you're like me and want an excuse for a rest. Oh, look, gorgeous. It is thought that in the Hebrews' time, the other nations around would have their shrines and altars to other gods on top of the surrounding hills. So as the Hebrews are climbing up the hill towards Jerusalem, becoming weary, what would they see? They would see the shrines and altars to other gods. To Baal, who goes to sleep. So if he doesn't answer you, he's probably asleep. Verse 4 in this, our psalm, Psalm 121, tells you that our God does not sleep, does not slumber but continually watches over you. They would see gods to the sun god, or shrines to the sun god. You could go to the sun priest and pray for protection against the sun god. But Psalm 101 tells us that he, where is it? The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. All sorts of shrines promising fertility of the land or wealth, success, happiness. So as the Hebrews set out to Jerusalem, they would have seen these shrines, these offers of help, these quick fixes, all instant and easy. Does our help 
come from those quick fixes, those empty promises? What are we relying on or trusting on? Yourself, your money, your education, mental strength? Where does our help come from? The psalm tells us it comes from the Lord who made all else. Now, in the playground stakes of my dad is bigger than your dad, our God trumps everything. We have the trump card. Not only is our God bigger, but he made everything, and he loves and cares for us. This is also um, a really significant psalm for me because on a personal challenge, my uncle was an Irish Roman Catholic, and he married my Protestant aunt, English aunt, and they lived all their lives in Ireland. He died a few years ago after a long battle with skin cancer. However, what's important is that they both served God, their church, their community wholeheartedly. They weren't church elders, they weren't ministers, they weren't you know, significant in church leadership. They were not flashy, they often stayed in the background. But they were committed, faithful workhorses who continually continued to spread the goodness of God to their community to the end. My uncle died with my aunt reading this psalm to him. So for me, it's a challenge to continually lift my eyes and align myself to God's will through the good times and the difficult times. And even when the boat capsizes for all of my days until he leads me home. Thank you so much for sharing those precious words with us. Precious because they're from God and precious because there's grace on them in the moment that you hear them, right? There's, when, when you, the, for, for these moments that they've described, that, that Jonathan described when he first became a Christian, for, for, for the importance of that psalm, in, for, for Sandra and her, and her family's journey, for when the boat's the right way up and the wrong way up. There's grace on all of it. Amen. Amen. Uh, join us for tea and coffee and chats. And let me get something out of the way now. That you can, you're welcome to do small talk. You're welcome to ask about how things are. You are also welcome. You have permission to, set, to ask someone, what scripture would you grab and, and it might, please don't feel the pressure of this. It doesn't mean that you would grab the same one today as you would tomorrow, okay? The, the Lord speaks to us at different times in different ways. Don't feel a big pressure of it. It might be what you're reading at the moment. It might be the thing that has stood the test of time with you for 50 years. Sunday morning.